0: Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, I'm going to jump right in here. There's a story from Gateway Pundit, and this is absolutely awful. Um, So buckle up. Arizona State University, new COVID 19 pseudoscience policies discriminate against unvaccinated students. And this comes from Jordan Conradson, if I'm saying that right these last names, what happened to Smith? (laughs) What happened to the last name Smith? Okay. Anyway, quote, on June 14th, the ASU, Arizona State University, Dean of Students sent a letter to all students regarding their new guidelines, which require students to be vaccinated if they want to be free. This is just beyond the pale here. Um, Vice President of Student Services Dr. Joanne Vogel begins the email welcoming students back in fall of 2021. But the real purpose of the email was to remind everyone of their expectation, quote unquote, that all students participating in on, cl- on campus learning are vaccinated. Students are expected to be vaccinated two weeks prior to the first day of classes. Not asked, expected. So I'm going to go ahead and read this entire. Uh, post here, because what they're doing now is they're trying to kill the unvaccinated, the the unjabbed. They're trying to kill them too, and I'm going to explain how. Uh, Here we go. Here's the ASU letter. Dear students, we are so excited to have you join us for the fall 2021 semester. As previously communicated on February 15th, we are returning to learning mode 1 for the fall semester in which instruction is delivered to students by faculty in person. With the increase in vaccinations and the, de- and the decline of positive COVID-19 cases, we are resuming pre-pandemic operations and are looking forward to providing you with a full campus experience that will not only include in-person classes, but also in-person learning opportunities, extracurricular activities, and support. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, What's going to happen here is going to be horrific. Uh, This is, oh God. Okay, continuing, my apologies, here we go. Quote, as we continue preparations for fall 2021, we are writing to remind you of the university's expectation that all students enrolled in an on-campus academic program for 2021-22 will be vaccinated. It's an expectation. and expectation is not a law. So I hope the students remember that the word expectation does not mean law. They can expect all they want. It's not a law. Moving on. COVID-19 vaccines currently available in the United States and in other countries are highly effective at preventing COVID-19 infection and reducing the spread of the virus. That is a lie. I've been over that a thousand times. That is a lie. The Pfizer jab is 0.82% effective against anything. Anything. That is a lie. It continues, the vaccine is the greatest tool available to mitigate COVID-19 and its negative health outcomes, including death. And we believe it is imperative for the health and well-being of our community for all to be vaccinated. All of that is also a lie. Every word of it. It continues. The vaccine is currently widely available throughout the United States. Students are expected to be fully vaccinated two weeks prior to the first something day of school. The vaccine, uh, let's see. Prior to the first day of classes, August 19th, vaccine appointments are also available through the ASU Health Center. Once vaccinated, students should upload proof of vaccination to their ASU Health Portal. ASU will accept all COVID-19 vaccines that are approved by the World Health Organization or a national regulatory agency. Students who are unable to be vaccinated for any reason or who do not agree to share their vaccination status will be required to participate in ongoing COVID-19 health management protocols. I gotta tell you what, are you enjoying communism yet? Is anybody picking up on this? Good God almighty. These people are going to pay for what they've done. There's no other way around it. As God is my witness, they're going to pay for this. These people have got to pay. I hope the person writing this took five jabs. Good Lord. It says, quote, Unvaccinated students or those who do not share their status will be required to, Number one, submit a daily health check. Number two, participate in twice-weekly COVID-19 testing. Number three, wear face coverings in all indoor and outdoor spaces on ASU campuses. I told you, ladies and gentlemen, these private institutions are doing whatever they want. That should tell you who is associated with them, who is pulling their strings, and who is really in charge. It's not ethical people. That's that goes without saying, and that's number one. Number two, the COVID tests. I think I've been over this before. The swabs that people cram into their faces and tickle their brain pan with it. Okay? The ends of all of those swabs, which can be bought in stores and should never be bought and never be used, all contain ethylene oxide. Ethylene oxide is a cancer-causing agent. It's a carcinogen. It's a known known classified carcinogen. It has no business being in the body. And they want to test them twice a week. So they're going to try to kill the unjabbed here. It continues. It says, fully vaccinated students who consent to share their status will not be required to Submit a daily health check, participate in COVID-19 testing, wear face coverings indoors or outdoors unless otherwise directed. Unless otherwise directed, which means if someone sneezes or someone coughs, they're gonna have to put on a mask. Who in who in the hell? Who in the hell would go to these environments to learn? I've said this in the past, in, in past episodes. They've abandoned every single piece of research when it comes to how human beings learn, and how they retain information. They are openly creating a 1984 environment, and they're telling you so. Now they're telling you. Any student may continue to wear face coverings if they wish, and everyone is encouraged to wear face coverings in crowded areas and venues. If you have any questions about COVID-19 vaccine, you can visit the in, the informational page or contact ASU Health Services at 480-965-3349. And then they have an email. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what I'm going to ask you that you do. Call that phone number, 480-965-3349, and tell the people on the other end of that phone that they are complete morons that they're Nazis, and that you're pulling your children out of that university, even if you're not sending anybody there. Just, just call them and tell them you're done. Bye, and then hang up. Or give them a piece of your mind even more. This is absolutely outrageous. This article continues with a ton of facts. And it again, it, it completely shreds every single line that is in that letter. Every single line just gets shredded because every single line in that is a lie. I can't believe, I mean, I can believe it. We can believe it, can't we, at this point? We certainly can. Absolutely outrageous. And the mainstream media won't touch this. They won't touch it. They're too busy talking about how Joe Biden can't complete a sentence. They're not even going to touch this. This is absolutely awful. I'm not sure it gets much worse than this. It's going to get worse, though, because, <laughs> again, it's not funny, but as I've said in the past, all of these people that are showing up here who are jabbed to the bone, they're not. The, their bodies won't be able to handle a common cold now. That's just what's going to happen. You, you, the immune system is totally compromised, and now you're just going to have countless people and staff members all walking around each other with completely compromised immune systems. What do people think is going to happen? The writing is all over the wall here. It's plain as day. Remember this episode in the fall, regardless of what happens. Remember this episode and remember this article. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link this article in the description below. It's that frightening. It's absolutely frightening. Now, the interesting part, too, is that Arizona State University has a massive online presence. I mean, they're a big online university, too. So, uh, attaining a degree from, from that institution isn't any different if it were online or in person. The problem with the online environment, however, is that in many cases, the institution itself requires that the student travel to the campus and that the student... Show up and engage in uh, residencies for a week or so, or that they go and they actually meet people face to face and communicate with them and blah blah blah, and then they go back home and they get back on their computers. Again, are they going to make are, are they going to make online students take the jabs too? Or is that really going to be the next step? This is uh, it's beyond unprecedented. This is. Uh, this is is beyond illegal. It's just beyond illegal. Now, with all of that said, um, there is this article which again proves beyond a reasonable doubt that the COVID jabs are fake and 100% inaccurate and that the shots themselves have no trace of SARS-CoV-2 within the jabs. Not a single one of them. So this particular peer-reviewed, I might add, although that doesn't hold any weight these days. But when it comes to this, it 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 should. But it doesn't matter. Uh, this comes from the International Journal of Infectious Diseases. This was published this month. So th- it's it's this month's issue, and it's titled this. I'm also going to put the link to this scientific article. Uh, in the description below, but it's titled First Case of Postmortem Study in a Patient Vaccinated Against SARS-CoV-2," and there's at least five or six authors. Here we go, and I apologize for the um, the medical terminology and my butchering of some of these words. But I'm going to read the highlights here. The a- I'm going to read the abstract, and then I'm essentially because uh, again, it essentially just proves two or three major points that exist here. And all of them are not good. Um, Highlights. Number one, we report on a patient with a single dose of vaccine against SARS-CoV-2. Number two, he developed relevant serum teeter levels, if I'm saying that right, but died four weeks later. By postmortem molecular mapping, we found viral RNA in nearly all organs examined. The next point says, however we did not observe any characteristic morphological features of COVID-19. That means they didn't find COVID-19 anywhere in his body, not even in the jabs. And the final point says immunogenicity, I'm saying that right, might be elicited while sterile immunity was not established. The abstract reads as the following here, quote, A previously symptomless 86-year-old man received the first dose of the BNT162B2 mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. He died four weeks later from acute renal and respiratory failure. Although he did not present with any COVID-19 specific symptoms, he tested positive for SARS-CoV-2 before he died. Spike protein antigen binding showed significant levels of immunoglobulin while nucleocapsid was not elicited. Acute bronchial and tubular failure were assigned as the cause of death at autopsy. However, we did not observe any characteristic morphological features of COVID-19. Post mortem molecular mapping by real time polymer- polymerase, polymerase, if I'm saying that right, chain reaction revealed relevant SARS CoV 2 cycle threshold values in all organs examined. It was found in the oropharynx, olfactory mucosa, trachea, lungs, heart, kidney, and cerebrum, except for the liver and olfactory bulb. These results might suggest that the first vaccination induces immunogenicity, again, if I'm saying that right, but not sterile immunity, which means it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. So there are three things that come out of this. Number one, this 86-year-old man had no COVID symptoms whatsoever, took a test, and tested positive for COVID which means the tests are garbage. They're 100% false. I've been over that before. That's a proven fact. That's number one. Number two, they didn't find any COVID anywhere in his bloodstream or in any organ at all, which means it doesn't exist in the shots. We already know this too. Because if it were an actual vaccine, it would have SARS-CoV-2 in the actual shot, but it doesn't. And number three, it killed him. Now, this next audio clip I want to play. This comes from uh, Steve Bannon's War Room on Real America's Voice. It's a pretty good uh, news channel, by the way. If you're if you're interested, if you don't already watch it, but uh, Dr. Michael Yeadon was on the former Vice President of Pfizer and. Uh, he clearly says that children are 50 times more likely to be killed by these shots than the virus itself. So if you're out there whether you have children or not, I'm sure that you know them, you cannot allow children to receive this. No one should receive this, but you cannot allow children to receive this. So I want to make that abundantly clear, but uh here's what he has to say about it. Please give this a listen.
1: Now, Dr. Mike Yaden, formerly of Pfizer. Dr. Yaden There's going to be a fire. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I can guarantee you there's going to be a firestorm starting in August in this nation, the United States of America, when the mothers in this country that have already been up on this whole mask situation and critical race theory at the school board level, when... They go back, and according to Dr. Fauci, this is not Stephen K. Bannon, this is Fauci's interviews with Savannah Guthrie at the morning show at NBC, the Today Show, also what he told the AP, that they're going to start vaccinating the 12- to 15-year-olds, the kids in middle school and high school, as soon as they get back in the fall, and that the school children will be vaccinated by the end of the year. His words, not Bannon's. I want you to walk through. There's going to be a firestorm because this is not the anti-vax crowd. I'm talking about the the, the vaccine-hesitant mothers, right? Joined with the anti but that, and that's to me is two-thirds of the country, two-thirds of the mothers. Walk us through your thoughts about this vaccine, particularly for adolescents and for school aged children and younger.
2: Yeah, certainly. So just to reiterate, I'm of the industry my whole career and I'm generally pro-vaccine, but I'm pro-safety and these COVID-19 vaccines are not safe. Very briefly, they're not safe because the gene-based design makes your body manufacture virus spike protein. And we know, and we've known for years, that virus spike proteins trigger blood clots. So there's plenty of literature. No one can fault the statement I've just made. And Dr. Vodag and I wrote to the European Medicines Agency in December pointing that out. So that's a fundamental problem. About 75% of the adverse events that occur after vaccination which are very much higher than usual, relate to thromboembolic events, that is blood clots and bleeding. So what I've just said about the design and the property of spike protein exactly matches these serious adverse events that are emerging. Now here's the real problem I've got, Steve, and I'm a father and a grandfather. Young people are not susceptible to COVID-19. If they acquire the virus, they usually have no symptoms and they, they shrug it off very easily. So they're not at risk It's a crazy thing, then, to vaccinate them with something
0: that is actually 50 times more likely to kill them. You heard him. You heard him right there. You heard him. And while he said he's not not anti-vaccination, so to speak, at the very beginning, there are countless individuals, including Dr. Judy Mikovits, if I'm saying that right, who would say there is no such thing as a healthy vaccine. There's no such thing. They don't exist. Now, shifting gears here slightly, there's a particular school that had a whistleblowing English teacher come out with documentation showing, again, the serious communism that is taking place and Marxism that's taking place within this particular particular private school. I'm just going to go ahead and play this audio of her describing her entire experience, what she witnessed and what went on, and I'll let her words speak for themselves because it's... uh, very poignant, I think. And again, unfortunately, it shows the much larger, more damaging picture that's taking place. So here we go.
3: Today, I am resigning from a job that I love. My name is Dana Stengel-Plough. I became an English teacher at Dwight Englewood School seven years ago because as a parent, I loved how the school both nurtured and challenged my own children. But over the past few years, the school has embraced an ideology that is damaging to our students' intellectual and emotional growth, an ideology that requires students to see themselves not as individuals, but as representatives of either an oppressor or oppressed group. This theoretical framework pervades every division of Dwight Englewood as the singular way of seeing the world. As a result, students now arrive in my classroom accepting ideology simply as fact. I've seen up close how this hinders their ability to read, write, and think. They've become obsessed with power hierarchies. I teach students who recoil from a poem because it was written by a man. I teach students who approach texts in search of the oppressor, who see iniquities in texts that have nothing to do with power. This ideology limits students' ability to observe and engage with the full fabric of human experience in our literature. In my professional opinion as an educator, the school is failing to encourage healthy habits of mind, essential for growth, such as intellectual curiosity, humility, honesty, reason, and the capacity to consider multiple perspectives and weigh competing ideas. In our school, the opportunity even to hear competing ideas is practically non-existent. Sadly, as a result, the school is leading many to become true believers and outspoken purveyors of a regressive and illiberal orthodoxy. Our young students have no idea that the school has placed ideological blinders on them. Of course, not all students are true believers. Many pretend to agree because of pressure to conform. I've heard from students who want to ask a question, but stop out of fear. I've heard from students who don't participate in discussions for fear of being ostracized. One student didn't want to develop her personal essay about an experience she had in another country because she was worried that it might mean she was, without even realizing it, racist. In her fear, she actually stopped herself from thinking, the very definition of self-censorship. I care deeply about our students and our school. And so over the years, I have tried to introduce positive alternative views to our community. My efforts have fallen on deaf ears. The reality is that fear and orthodoxy pervade the faculty. Last fall, administrators told us we were not allowed to question the school's ideological program, and on at least two separate occasions, our head of school even went so far as to tell the entire faculty that he would fire all of us if he could, so that he could replace us all with people of color. This February, during a faculty meeting, teachers were segregated by skin color. White teachers were placed into a white caucus group. Asked to remember that we are white, and to take responsibility for our power and privilege. I reject this essentialist, racialist thinking about myself and my colleagues, and I worry for the students. Will racial segregation be forced on them next? I am fully aligned with the values in Dwight Englewood's mission statement community, diversity, courage, and making the world a better place. As an educator, I strive to create an inclusive classroom by embracing the dignity and individuality of each and every student, regardless of their cultural or group identifiers. My humanist approach cultivates a mutual respect and empathy, curiosity, and open-mindedness. I want to empower all students with the skills and habits of mind they need to fulfill their potential as learners and human beings. Unfortunately, the school's orthodox undermines my humanist approach to teaching and creates deep divisions among our diverse population, destroying any chance at a true and unified learning community. Dwight Englewood used to claim that we teach students how to think, not what to think. But sadly, that is just no longer true.
0: Uh, One little quick tip for her. She needs to stop using the word humanist. I don't think she knows what that means. It means godless. That's what it means. If you're a humanist, that means that you actually believe that a human being can be a god. That's just what it means. Hate to break it to her, but, you know, excellent message. Horrible environment, clearly. The head of that school is a lunatic. I think that goes without saying. But, uh, yeah, just don't use the word humanist, that's all. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, this is kind of neat. People aren't watching Nickelodeon anymore. Don't know if you knew about that. But because of all of the LGBTXYZ videos that are all over uh, Nickelodeon and Nick Jr. these days, their viewership on a daily basis has gone down from, I believe, 1.3 million a few years ago to about 300,000 plus, roughly, uh, within the year of 2021. So Nickelodeon is crumbling which is, uh, you know, it's it's great, because it's always really been a pedophile playground. If you um, were a child like I was in the 80s, Nickelodeon was kind of the cat's pajamas. It was the thing to watch. And then you get a little bit older, and you go backwards, and you start to look at what was going on with the children at Nickelodeon, and uh, all of those things. Turns out it's not, uh, it's not all about GAC. It's not all about slime and winning prizes, and... Um, you know, a cassette, a cassette recorder, and a and a new minivan. It's uh, it's rather horrible, and they're certainly showing their true colors. In fact, on their own Twitter account, they're bragging about those videos that I've played in previous episodes, where you've got the Blues Clues dog, and I don't know, uh, a drag queen singing. You know, songs and numbers and all that stuff. They're they're supporting it 100%. And I think one of their quotes, direct quotes, was something like, uh, "Every single time we play it, we just love it even more." It's like, well, goodbye Nickelodeon. Please pay attention to what your children are watching if they're watching any of that garbage, because it's all over iPads, and those iPads know that a child is holding it. That's how smart the technology is. It knows. It knows who's actually holding the device. So it knows exactly what to stir up on the algorithm so that YouTube knows exactly what they want your child to see, regardless of all of the parental blockers. All of that's an illusion. It's not real. But there you go. Just another day in the uh, horrific American K-12 education experience, as it were. So please, again... Consider homeschooling. CalvertEducation.com. I'll continue to advocate for it as much as humanly possible. Find an online university if you're interested in attending one, or an online college, preferably one where God is at the center of that place, and hopefully it's an uh, you know an institution where you don't have to wear a mask, you don't have to take a jab, and you can actually be around some healthy-minded people, whether it be in person or online. But again, what's going to come this uh, this coming fall? is going to be a fall, figuratively and literally. So buckle up, because it's coming. Catch you on Friday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.